Welcome everyone. Welcome to our church and welcome to our communion table. This is the time that uh, we spiritually unite heaven and earth. We want God to come down to be among us in a special way to fill this place with his glory spiritually, okay? The real glory if he comes right now with, with us in our flesh. Uh, that's not good for uh, our health, <laughs> but we want God to spiritually fill us and cleanse us and then from now on uh, lead us. Okay? And uh, for those who have believed in Jesus Christ, who have the Holy Spirit coming into you in your body and making your body the temple of God. For, for those believers, okay, this is the time of dumping all of the dirt that coming into your mind, into your life, because of the invasion of sins. Okay? You dump it by confession, and then you ask the Holy Spirit who lives in you to fill you, and now make you sanctified, holy. Okay? From now on, at when you are filled with the Holy Spirit, heaven and earth are one. The kingdom of God is in here. You are part of the kingdom. You are not only a citizen, you are also a family member of God. So this is a prequel for the coming full kingdom of God. Okay? So we experience this fullness of joy, remembering having been forgiven, guilt-free. Okay? And that's a good life to have. You know, a guilty life is a heavy life. You know, you, 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 you are a hunchback if you have a guilty life. Right? But if you are guilt-free, you have been forgiven, you are loved from above, and you can love others like God loved you. You are upright. Okay? You are really a man. Okay? So this is the time when you are restored to the image of God that God created to be. Okay? It gets damaged, but in Christ Jesus, it gets restored. And this is a time to experience that. So we give God a time of confession, and then we ask God to fill us. Okay. Give a moment of silence. Confess your sins to God in your heart. Dear God, holy God of heaven, the creator of heaven and earth and our lives, we come to your throne of majesty and grace. We come to you humbly, recognizing your greatness and your goodness, and recognizing that we, as your creation, who were given your, uh, your full image, but it was damaged by sin. You gave us a choice. Our ancestors chose wrongly, and uh, we have always been suffering the consequence and keep making the wrong choices in sin. And we were departed from you. We were marching toward hell to be separated from you eternally until you sent your eternal son, the second person of the triune God, the Trinity. You sent him into the world, the son of God, who became the son of man. He became Jesus Christ. He was the only God-man, both God and man. He lived a sinless life, the only one who did so, and you let him die. And he voluntarily obeyed because of his obedience to you and because of his love for us. And because of all the things you have done, 
And now you have sent the Holy Spirit to regenerate our spirit and sanctifying our soul and will recreate uh, our body, resurrect our body in the future. All of this is your promise to those who believed in the grace in Christ Jesus. We who sit here belong to those who have come humbly and we have received your grace, or at least we have been moved, we are about to. So we pray that you will truly envelope and uh, uh, enmesh us and fill us, marinate us with your love and change us in texture, in quality and make us a new creation. And you have said in Christ Jesus, we are new creations. Everything inside out is new. And we pray that this process not only has begun, and for those who have not made the decision, now let them decide. Let Christ come into their heart, be their Lord and Savior, and change them and, and become one and unite and save them. And as all of those who are in Christ Jesus, we are united today to confess the sins we have done in our mind, in our words, and in our actions since the last time we came to communion. And because we are our confession, we pray that you would cleanse the dirt and fill us with the clean, good, holy, and good things from above and uh, make us the live the life of Christ on earth before we see him face to face. And... Uh, sanctify us, make us more like Christ, so that when we see him, there will be no conflict, no difference. And we pray that your will be done, of saving us, changing us, and using us to change the world is happening now and will be forever. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please distribute these elements. <laughs>
We have went through this, the book of Psalms in our communion, com, uh, we call it a communion devotion, and uh, we picked up those Psalms that have prophecies about Christ. We call them Messianic Psalms. Today we will meet the last one. It's Psalm 132. Okay, And then I'll read through it. It's not that long. And then you can pick up what did it promise by God in there about the Messiah. Remember, O Lord, on David's behalf, all his affliction, how he swore to the Lord and vowed to the mighty one of Jacob. Surely I will not enter my house, nor lie on my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. Behold, we heard of it in Ephrathah. We found it in the field of Jaar. Let us go into his dwelling place. Let us worship at his footstool. Arise, O Lord, to your resting place, you and the ark of your strength. Let your priests be clothed with righteousness, and let your godly ones sing for joy. For the sake of David, your servant, do not turn away the face of your anointed. The Lord has sworn to David a truth from which he will not turn back. Of the fruit of your body I will send upon your throne. If your sons will keep my covenant and my testimony which I will teach them, their sons also shall sit upon your throne forever. For the Lord has chosen Zion. He has desired it for his habitation. This is my resting place forever. Here I will dwell, for I have desired it. I will abundantly bless her provision. I will satisfy her needy with bread. Her priests also I will clothe with salvation, and her godly ones will sing aloud for joy. There I will cause the horn of David to spring forth. I have prepared a lamp for mine anointed. His enemies I will close with shame, but upon himself his crown shall shine. What have we read here? Who will the Messiah be? He will be the son of David. And was Jesus the son of David? Of course. From both sides of his parents on earth. His earthly father, Joseph, was not his biological father because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit to Virgin Mary. So in that sense, he's directly son of God, right? So he was the second person of the Trinity through the power of the Holy Spirit came into this earth because he has give, give away his glory, his power, his omniscience, his om omnipresence and omnipotence. He shelved it when he became a man. Okay? And it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that he came into this earth, came into the womb of Mary. Okay? So impregnant Mary. Okay? Mary was a virgin. So Jesus was directed son of God. He's not the son of David from the father's side. But Joseph was a son of David from David and Solomon and through Jehoiachin, the last king that was Ju uh, Judas, and then he ca came to Joseph. So legally, Jesus was the son of David through Joseph in the kingly line. However, that line has a problem because Jehoiachin was cursed 
by God in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 25, it says, none of your descendants will ever sit on the throne of David. So how could Jesus become the king of Israel then? Well, his mother, Mary, was a descendant of David, also from David, another son uh, of the same mother, uh, um, Bathsheba, they called Nathan. So David, Nathan, and all the way to Mary, and then to Jesus. So by bloodline, Jesus was also the son of David. Therefore, he is legally and by bloodline, all in all sense, the son of David. He has the right to be the king, and he bypassed the curse. You see, God promised to David, if you and your sons obey my laws, there will always be one of your descendants sitting on the throne of Israel. Well, there are two ways to make that uh, realize. One way is to have generation by generation obedient sons of David sitting on the throne of Israel. And by the way, Israel is supposed to be the, uh, the vassal state of God. And uh, uh, however, Israel will be the assistant of God ruling over the whole world, all nations. And the Jews dream of that day when they become the first nation. Okay. However, because the sons of David were not so obedient, they became sinful, and some of them worse than others. You know, Israel was bad, Judah's a little better, but all of them were sinful. They were all gone. So now the only way to make that promise come true is the son of David who become the king of Israel forever. And that is Jesus Christ. He is the son of David who sits on the throne of David and uh, of Israel, and he's the king forever. Not only ruling over Israel, but over all nations. All of us who are non-Jewish, we come into the church, we believe in Jesus Christ, we become part of the spiritual, extended Israel. Okay? Spiritual Israel is the believers of Jesus among the Jews. But because we have the same Holy Spirit, we become the extended spiritual Israel. We're not a replacement of physical Israel, but we're extended spiritual Israel. Okay? So we have joined the spiritual Israel who is ruled by our King, Jesus Christ. So that's how the conquest of nations actually happened through the spiritual kingdom, not the physical kingdom. At the end time, Jesus will come back to save the Jews. That's the only seven years and the, the tribulation time. Uh, but that's because God will fulfill his promise even to the Jews. Okay? So we were lifted up. We were nothing. We're now having everything. We were unclean in the Old Testament standard, the Gentiles. And now we pass the clean, we pass the, the Levites. We are now equal with the priests in Christ Jesus. So we've jumped through all steps. So from nothing to having everything that could have been given. Wouldn't that be a grace that we should be thankful for? Right? So being grateful is the beginning of your spiritual life, of your obedient life. Okay? Be thankful to God and then obey His words to please Him. And that makes you a legitimate and a family member who, is, who pleases Jesus' Father, who is now also our Father. So that's what our communion is. This is supposedly to be for, for believers, but any day, anybody sitting in here, if you decide to 
believe in Jesus Christ, you can just start to take communion. You have crossed the threshold. Okay, you enter the spiritual kingdom. Okay, so what we do here, when we take this bread, this is the unleavened bread. It signifies the um, sinless life of Jesus. Okay, and a sinless life does not deserve death, but he voluntarily died to pay for our sins, our debt to God, and therefore we who are believers of him, our debt are paid by him. Supposedly, you got a big fine from the court, and you can't pay, and you are supposed to go to jail. But someone who is rich, who loves you, who comes here and say, I will pay your debt. What do you say? You say, I would rather stay in jail for my own crime, or say, thank you. And you stay free. If you're wise, you say thank you. Right? You accept the gift. But from now on, you owe him a favor. Okay? You need to live a life to please him. Okay? That's what the relationship is. Okay? It's grace that is received which generates a relationship. Okay? Christ gave us grace. He gave it to everybody, to all the people in the world. But only those who have been chosen by God, who have been regenerated by the Holy Spirit in the Spirit, only those people would believe. Other people would think, this is trash. We think this is treasure. So when we take this bread, we want Christ's love to life to come into our life and replace our old life. You know, our body become whatever we eat, right? And then this is a symbol. We symbolically eat Christ's body and we want our life to become Christ's life. Old life died with him on the cross, new life, his. We live it out by obedience to God and loving God and loving others and loving ourselves. That is a life worth living for. This juice remembers, uh, reminds us of the blood Jesus shed for us on the cross. It covers us from God's wrath, just like Israelites who painted the blood on the doors, right? And then the death angel passed over. So we who are in Christ will be passed over by death. Okay? Physical death we may ex ex uh, experience, but the second death, which is spiritual, uh, the eternal death, we will not experience. Okay? So all of this is a reminder of Jesus' grace. It's like God's reminder to Israel. I have, I'm the Lord your God who have taken you out of Egypt, the la land of slavery. What does that mean? It is a reminder. Behind the reminder is a commandment. Be grateful. If you're grateful, you will be obedient. So let's rem remember the grace Christ has given to us, and therefore it will propel us to be obedient. The body of Christ was given to us. We take this in remembrance of him. The blood of Jesus was shed for us. We drink this in remembrance of him. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of Man, our Savior, our Deliverer, our God and our King, our Head and our Lord. We come to you. We want to thank you for the grace you have done for us. We believe you have now defeated death. You have resurrected from the dead. You ascended into heaven. And now you are sitting on the right hand of God the Father. You are a co-regent of heaven and of the earth and all things created. All authorities under heaven and on earth have been given unto you. We 
now recognize your authority. We want you to not only accepting us, but to cleanse us and lead us and use us for expanding your kingdom and your family. We uh, vow to believe and to uh, obey and to learn about you and to change to become more like you. We pray that this is your will. We know this is your will, and we pray it is done now and continuing forever. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you.